0: Alright everybody, welcome back to the SB3V Fantasy Football Tuesday Aftermath. Today's date is November 10th, 2020, and we're going to be going over the Week 9 Sunday games plus the one Monday game that was played last night. This is episode number 5 of Tuesday Aftermath. My name is Billy Strobel, I'm being joined as usual by Liam Ginelli. So, for today, Liam is gonna be playing the role of moderator, asking me the believe it or not questions, and I'm gonna answer them. So, I'm gonna pass it over to Liam, and we're gonna get started for today.
1: Hello, hope we're filming this at school right now in the middle of eighth period. So, hopefully, we have no background sounds to screw us up. And here we go. Houston Texans 27, Jacksonville Jaguars 25, Jake Lunton got his first career start, and he played pretty well, promising. I mean, Gardner Minshew is still week to week, so if Lunton continues to play next week against Green Bay, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be there. But right now, DJ Chark, 25 fantasy points. It seems like he's back on track, but I'm still hesitant to start him because that could have just been a good week versus a really weak Houston secondary. And he does get Jari Alexander next week if he can clear the concussion protocol. Will Fuller is a beast. He is legit. He's really good. Deshaun Watson has another smash spot next week versus Cleveland. He's playing really well. And you see what Deshaun Watson said. He said it would be hell if they traded Will Fuller. I don't know. I'd be crazy if they did. Brandon Cooks had a good game. So believe it or not, Duke Johnson's a running back two next week if David Johnson misses time. They're go- who is uh, they're playing? Uh, who is Houston Cleveland. playing next week? Cleveland.
0: I don't know about that because Cleveland's rushing defense is pretty good. I actually am picking up uh, Duke Johnson in one of my leagues just in case uh, David Johnson does miss some time. As an RB two, I would be a little bit hesitant though because uh, Cleveland's rushing defense is pretty good. But you brought up Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. I think that they are both must-starts every single week if they have really good matchups. I know that Brandon Cooks didn't get that many uh, targets. I'm pretty sure he only got three against the Jags. But still, the potential for big plays is all over for Houston. Both of them had, like, plus 50-yard touchdown receptions. So, yeah, I would definitely say that. But in terms of Duke Johnson, I'd be a little bit
1: hesitant on that. And so for our next game, it's going to be the New York Giants 23-Washington 20. Daniel Jones moves to 4-0 and versus the Washington football team. If you play like this every week, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not. Um, I'm starting to get concerned about... Darius Slayton, it seems like he's just a big play wide receiver going forward. It seems Sterling Shepard and Everton Ingram are Daniel Jones' safeties blankets. And all aboard the Wayne train, Wayne Gallman had another solid week. But we also saw Alfred Morris tearing it up for the Giants, finishing with 51 rushing yards, and he averaged 7.4 yards per attempt. And for Washington, we saw Terry McLaurin break through that for that 70-yard touchdown, broke through defenders and all that. Uh, Antonio Gibson played well besides that little fumble, that chaos that summarized the NFC East the entire season. That was funny. But believe it or not, Evan Ingram should be started back in your lineups. I have been impressed with Evan Ingram's
0: production lately, and it seems that they are getting uh, him more involved in the offense. And I definitely think that Evan Ingram has slipped into low-end, tight end one territory. I want to bring up attention to J.D. McKissick. Um, he is a pretty good ad if, if he's still on your waivers. He had nine receptions in that game against the Giants. It kind of reminds me of how Alex Smith uh, would always uh, check down to Kareem Hunt. We know that Alex Smith loves to check down. And J.D. McKissick, I know he only did have three rushing attempts. Antonio Gibson only had six, which is a little worrisome for both of them. But Alex Smith, like I said before, he does have a history of being a check down QB. So, JD McKissick, if you could pick him up, uh, get him. And I would say Evan Ingram has entered back into tight end one conversation because he's had three uh, pretty good uh, weeks in a row. All
1: right, so for the next game, Baltimore Ravens 24, Colts 10. Um, Overall, just a kind of boring game, more of a defensive battle. Baltimore defense has won the top five in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) Where do we start? Six Six rushing attempts, 27 yards, a fumble, and a touchdown. I don't know. I We say it every week. We say he has these matchups, but he just doesn't. Frank Reich does not like him. He rides with a hot hand, and that's very concerning. Tight ends, it's just a cold. Philip Rivers is probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. I think we all can agree with that, no doubt. But for Baltimore... Uh, Lamar Jackson had 18 points, but another crappy performance. He seems Marquise Brown didn't have a great game. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both fell flat. But the main concern in this Ravens offense is Mark Andrews. It seems like he wasted all his luck last year. He also had two good games at the beginning of the season, but he's a touch on a bus tight end for now. And believe it or not, you don't have to start Mark Andrews anymore.
0: Yeah, Mark Andrews production this season considering he was a a breakout tight end talent last year probably uh the biggest surprise in terms of that position last season uh he's been pretty disappointing so far this season and this Ravens offense is re- similar to other offenses in the league is really random Marquis Brown once again I think this guy is droppable at this point you really just can't trust him he just doesn't get it done Dobbins and Edwards and I know they did have a tough rushing d uh in the Colts but it's probably gonna be back and forth this week it was Edwards a bit more and last week uh against Pittsburgh it was Dobbins a bit more so you never really know with that uh but Mark Andrews is starting to leave that tight end one conversation and if you can get better options I would definitely invest
1: yeah 100% agree I have Mark Andrews as one of my league I just traded for him I thought he would be do good this week, but he seemingly hasn't, and it's definitely disappointing all, re- all around. Next game, an NFC North showdown: Lions twenty, Minnesota thirty-four. Choo choo, Dalvin Cook train running through every defense you put him against. That's that's two NFC North teams he's destroyed, and next week on Monday night he gets the Bears, a little more of a daunting task. But I feel like he's matchup proof now; it doesn't matter. And we know Kirk Cousins performs on Monday Night Football, not as well. <laughs> Uh, but for the Lions, Matthew Stafford did leave with some concussion. Marvin Jones had a big dud, so if you start him, he had three receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Danny Amendola is a sneaky player in deeper leagues. He usually averages 10 to 12 points every week, so that's good. TJ Hawkinson had a uh, decent game, but when Chase Daniel came in, it seemed like the offense fell flat. So I'm just not a believe or not question. It's just more of a, just an overall question. Oh, no, I do have a believe or not. I have two. Believe it or not. Justin Jefferson is ruining Adam Thielen's value. And who would you rather have rest of the season, DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor?
0: Okay, those are two interesting questions. I'm going to say, number one, I think that Justin Jefferson is a bit of a boomer bust player. I think that he was a bit overhyped earlier in the season, but I do agree that he is hurting uh, Adam Thielen's production. Adam Thielen had a really solid start to the season, but in the last three weeks to four weeks, he's been... I think held in the single digits, he's really done nothing. And I just think it's because the Minnesota offense is literally carried, uh, by Dalvin cook. He is that offense. Like I've said before, and you said, would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or Deandre Swift? That's tough. That's a tough question right there. I probably would honestly go with Swift over Taylor. I hate to say it because I was, I was really feeling Jonathan Taylor because I saw his schedule and I saw that he had the easiest schedule, but the Colts just don't use him the way that they should, which I don't just don't understand. He's a great running back. We know he is. We saw him uh, in Wisconsin. But DeAndre Swift, um, I just think he's going to get more opportunities. He's going to get more rushing attempts. And especially if uh, Matt Stafford might be out for a bit and they have Chase Daniel, they'll look to Swift a bit more, who has taken the reins of that Lions running back. So I would go with Swift over uh, Jonathan Taylor.
1: Alright, so for next game, kind of a boring game all around. Tennessee 24, Chicago 17. Nick Foles ain't an achievement, Matt Nagy. I don't know what's going on with Mitch Trubisky. I think it's time to put him back in the lineups. Well, that's, well, spoiler alert. That's a believer or not. Uh, but Allen Robinson had 15 points. Kind of saved him from just the game script, helped him being down most of the game, so they had a pass, pass, pass. Derrick Henry had a dud, but that Bears front seven's tough, and that leaves Dalvin Cook. Owners wondering if he's going to have a great game next week. But I said he's matchup-proof. Corey Davis had a goose egg, zero points. A.J. Brown's a wide receiver one, I think, no matter what. I think he's matchup-proof as well. Ryan Tannehill, I was a little skeptical going in. And the Bears defense has been pretty good all year. Hey, Jonu Smith scored a touchdown. Yay! But that was his only on two targets, and that was his second catch of the game. So a little underwhelming. But believe it or not, it's time to put Mitch Trubisky back in at quarterback.
0: As much as I hate to say it... You know that I'm a huge Nick Foles guy because he did bring Philly, their only Super Bowl. Uh, one of the greatest underdog stories in the history, but yeah, Nick Foles is holding this team back for sure. The guy just, he's a situational QB, and he just misses throws. And Trubisky, they were winning with Trubisky. They, what were they, 2-0 and when Trubisky was in? And I think it is time for Matt Nagy to consider putting back uh, their top pick in the uh, the 2017 draft. He went number two. And I think, yeah, I think it's time to put Trubisky back in because Nick Foles just isn't getting it done. It's sad to see. Uh, as an Eagles fan, I will always love Nick Foles. But, uh, yeah, I think he's done.
1: All right. So for more of a surprising game, Carolina 31, Kansas City 33. Hats, hats off to Matt Rule. He's, playing, he's coached very really well this year. Carolina has proven to be a team not to mess with anymore. They're not taking it as a joke anymore. We saw Christian McCaffrey beat Christian McCaffrey. But bad news, fantasy owners, he is expected to be week-to-week with a rib injury. He did leave late in the fourth quarter, which is kind of just the pop of the balloon. It sucks for them because he was playing so well. So if you held on to Mike Davis or if he's on waivers, go grab him just in case. Uh, can't. Mahomes, like, I, what, what are we going to say? He's Patrick Mahomes. He played great. Tyree Kill had an awesome game. Travis Kelsey, I think it's safe to say Travis Kelsey is a second round pick every year. Elite tight end over elite receiver is my new thing, especially if Travis Kelsey plays like a receiver every week. There's two things I want to bring up. First, I don't know what the hell is happening with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell. It seems that McCall Hardman, Daryl Williams are the red zone people in Kansas City. Mahomes is, I don't, it pisses me off. Nine carries since Le'Veon Bells came to Kansas City for Clyde or Taylor. He had seven carries, nine carries, eight carries. Very concerning. He found the end zone, which saved up his week. But till, oh, overall, terrible game. I think you can drop Le'Veon Bell. I think you can. Especially in 10-man leagues, 12-man just in case. But for the Panthers, you know what I'm going to say. DJ Moore. DJ Moore He is sizzled out of this offense He has been removed by Curtis Samuel But that's what Joe Brady does He seem, he puts in players That he thinks He's going to play well on the teams And he tries to utilize all his weapons So believe it or not Curtis Samuel is the best player in Carolina That you can start in fantasy I mean if
0: Chris McCaffrey's out and you held on to Mike Davis, I think I would still go with Mike Davis, even though his uh, his last few games without McCaffrey weren't that great. But Curtis Samuel, I think three weeks in a row now, has gotten over 15 points, and I think he's found the end zone uh, in each one of those games. I think that Curtis Samuel uh, has entered that conversation for sure. Robbie Anderson is still getting a lot of receptions, uh, not as many touchdowns, but Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey pretty much got all of the, uh, the touchdowns in that last game. And DJ Moore, man, he's been such a disappointment this season. Teddy Bridgewater just doesn't throw to him. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had, what, like three targets last game, and I just don't get it. He's a very talented receiver. We know he is. He has a tendency for those big plays, but you can't bank on that all the time. If, if somebody is not getting receptions and you could just rely on them for these big, you know like 50 plus yard touchdowns that's not a reliable fantasy player i've always been uh, more on consistency than boom or bust and dj moore is definitely not a consistent player at all but in terms of samuel being the best option i would still probably say mike davis going forward because we saw how much they got mccaffrey and i know christian mccaffrey and mike davis are not the same player i know that but mike davis has had some big games they know that Uh, They can use him to replace McCaffrey. Uh, But if Curtis Samuel finds the end zone, has another 15-plus game, maybe. I don't know.
1: All right, so next game: Buffalo 44, Seattle 34. Let's go! Josh Allen, we were right. We were right. Josh Allen had a great game: 44 fantasy points. This is a Josh Allen we love to see. he's another smash bot versus Arizona, who, Tua threw all over. Russell Wilson had a decent game, 25 fantasy points. The game script did not benefit DJ Dallas at all this week. And I suppo- and Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde should be back next week for Seattle against the Rams. So, DJ Dallas, I hope you did your fantasy team well that one week he played, but this past week he did terrible. DK Metcalf, it was another DK Metcalf week. Tire Lockett, I think at 8, 10 points, I forgot. Uh, Underwhelming, but hey, they had to chuck it down the field a lot, and that's Lockett's usually more in the slot. But Josh Allen had a great game. Zach Moss found the end zone. Seems like it's Moss over Singletary once again. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs had a great game. He didn't find the end zone. But I like to talk about John Brown. John Brown is a really sneaky player to start. He's seems Josh Allen's favorite target besides behind Diggs. He's always been relevant. He's always got that ball. He's always averaged 10 to 12 points a game. So that's always beneficial to him. But for, for Seattle... Believe it or not, you should always feel a little nervous starting Tyler Lockett after he's having a big performance. You should the question was you should feel a little bit nervous about starting him. Lockett, yeah. I mean it
0: is true that either way, one of the Seattle receivers, whether it's Metcalf or Lockett, is gonna have a big game. And it is true that, like I said, I think two um, aftermaths ago, Metcalf is much more consistent than Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, we know he had that big fifty three game. Uh, 53-point performance against Arizona. I think it was week six or seven. I think week six, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, the guy is otherwise held in the single digits. Would you be nervous about starting him? I think it just depends on the matchup. Uh, If they're playing a harder team or if you know what uh, guys are going to be on him in terms of the defense, then I would definitely try to pay attention to that. Would I be nervous about starting him? Uh, Like I said, it depends on the matchup that he has. But I think DK has usurped the number one receiver spot, like I said, two weeks ago. He's just way more consistent than Tyra Lockett.
1: Our next game, Atlanta 34, Denver 27. Uh, Billy did say that he did like Drew Lock this week, and he finished with 29 fantasy points. He had a good game, but again, the game script benefited him as he played down a lot. Oh, was I wasn't going to say with the Falcons, Falcons played really well. Matt Ryan fine, Julio Jones. I think Julio Jones is still the number one receiver in the league. But that's for another episode. But overall, they played well. Tiger really was not was non-existent. It was more of a pass-pass heavy game for both teams. Tiger and Melvin Gordon, both really non-existent. Noah Fant did leave, but he did come back and had a dud of a game. Jerry Judy is really good. He's looking like an NFL receiver. He's really quick. He has that ability that people saw him in college with that really transitions over to the pros. Believe it or not, you can start Jerry Judy every week.
0: I mean, I thought that Drew Locke's favorite target was Noah Fant. We saw that earlier in the season, but Noah Fant really didn't get that much attention. And honestly, uh, the the, um, predictions of him being a tight end one have fallen flat in the face. But uh, in terms of Jerry Judy being startable, I think it's possible, depending on the matchup for sure. But the guy got a ton of looks, a ton of receptions, and Jerry Judy, I think, probably was the best receiver coming out of the 2019 draft, which, of course, was chock full of many different receivers, whether it was Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, uh, Brian Nayuk. But uh, Jerry Judy, startable, I think we'll have to see down the road, but if you can get him in, find a place for him. Uh, I think the Lock Judy connection is starting to develop for sure. So yeah, I would say uh, you can start Jerry Judy going forward.
1: All right, next game an AFC West showdown in LA, thirty one twenty six Raiders over the Chargers. Another heartbreaking loss for the Chargers as the game winning touchdown with time expired has been was overturned. Again, Justin Herbert deserves better. He's a really good fantasy quarterback. Justin Jackson, literally, if you think he got hurt during warm ups, he didn't. And if you start him, I know you must be really frustrated like Billy started him. He literally got drilled in the knee from a helmet on the first play from scrimmage. It was an RPO. He went to block, and he got drilled in the knee. So don't be mad at it. He did not get hurt during warmups. It was really the first play in the, the game. So if you start him, I'm sorry. That was a huge dud. Kalani <laughs> Balaj had 84 yards on a touchdown. I don't know. Deeper in leagues, he's actually, if Justin Jackson does miss time and also Eckler still back, Balaj should actually be someone you target in the waiver wire. Raiders, Hunter Renfro, Tyrell Williams, Nelson Aguilar. I'm not Tyrell Williams. Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller. All had decent games. Darren Waller did find that zone. Josh Jacobs did as well. So that's good for fantasy owners. A little more confident in him. But Keenan Allen, he is really good. Herbert's favorite target. He feeds him the ball. So believe it or not, Keenan Allen is a top six wide receiver rest of the season. And I want you to name five wide receivers better than him. Well, I'll try to
0: name five wide receivers uh, better than him right now. Number one. Devonte adams i think he's the best receiver right now in fantasy uh number two i would probably just have to go with dk metcalf because i think he's probably the second best receiver in fantasy right now uh another receiver better julio jones d hop i don't know about that actually because d hop is is a bit hit or miss too kyler murray likes to christian kirk a lot who great waiver wire at if you were able to get christian kirk so I would say uh who do I say? DK, Devontae, Julio I would still say Julio Jones. I would have to. MT I'm a little bit unsure of, but I think that he's going to get better and better as the weeks go on. The Saints were still Taylor figuring Jones. to get in the offense. And Tyreek Hill. So that's five. D Hop a little bit questionable, but I I mean if somebody traded me straight up D Hop for Keenan Allen, that's a conversation definitely have. So it's funny because I actually do have D Hop and Keenan on one of my teams as my receivers. So Keenan Allen I think is right on that border of that top 6 receivers. He's been a, a real breakout, not breakout player, but he's returned to form for sure because hey, you know what? Tyrod Taylor when he got hurt by that doctor was the best thing that happened to him in terms of of his fantasy production because Justin Herbert loves to throw to Keenan Allen. Uh so yeah, I would say Keenan Allen is in the conversation for sure. All
1: right, so next game, Dolphins upset the Cardinals 34-20, 34-31, my apologies. Two out of overall good game, much better than the Rams. The Dolphins' defense has been playing really well. It's seemed like the all-out blitz, blitz, blitz has been benefiting. Kyler Murray, I think, is so a quarter, top-three quarterback in fantasy. He has the legs. He can throw the ball. But like Billy said, it seems he loves that vertical and deep threat in Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's pl- playing like White. They, they drafted him, that deep threat that they need. DeAndre Hopkins had a dud. I believe he did drew Byron Jones, but still, I would not panic over that. I think there's better days there for DeAndre Hopkins. Chase Edmonds had a goose egg, but I think there's also another game with game script. It seems there was a pass-heavy, air-raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury needed. Uh, but for the Dolphins, Devontae Parker and eh, Preston Williams and eh, Gazeki and eh. Jordan Howard found the end zone. Uh, overall, it was just a little bit of a game where it was fun to watch Tua play well and all that. But for the Cardinals, the Kenyan Drake is back next. is scheduled to be back next week. So Chase Edmonds, if somehow there's a misstep, Drake um, just does not play Edmonds. I still think it's a plug and play running back. too. I don't I don't have a believer in office game. I really nothing came to mind. I think this is just an overall game, and we expect to know what both offenses. So we're gonna move right on. Pittsburgh, 24, Dallas, 19. I guess Garrett Gilbert put a little scared in Pittsburgh. And I know James Connors owners are really pissed off because I'm really mad. But, again, it was so is Billy. It was, again, another game with game script. They were down. They decided to put five wide receiver sets out there. Juju found the end zone. Chase Claypool and DeAndre Johnson were both really consistent. Eric Ebron found the end zone. Big Ben did get banged up. And he just recently got put in the COVID-19 list, so he's in – jeopardy of missing this week for Cincinnati and we all know how we love Mason Rudolph how he does not know how to spread the ball so this can be a big week for James Conner, who I recently just traded for Joe Mixon I don't I was a little iffy about it but it was time I think I don't know we're not against that but for Dallas it seems like Garrett Gilbert had a good game finding Murray Cooper CD Lamb found the end zone Zeke and Tony Power Tony Power looked better than Zeke which is kind of scary Zeke's still overall not been playing well this year. But, but believe it or not, question is, everybody downgrades on Steelers' offense. All the receivers, if Mason Rudolph plays this Sunday.
0: I would think so. We saw how Juju's value last season completely fell off. Uh, he went from an amazing 2018 season, probably the breakout player of that season, if I remember correctly, uh, from 2018 with Big Ben and, and they were just starting to find it back Juju was starting to to get back to form What we saw from 2018 With Big Ben and Juju But now that Ben uh, placed in the COVID-19 list With Mason Rudolph in It's not looking good for any receiver uh, But we'll see what Mason Rudolph is able to do uh, But I would not feel confident in, who, who is Pittsburgh playing next week? Cincinnati Okay, so maybe there is a chance because Cincinnati uh, secondary isn't that great. Baker Mayfield was able to torch them. So, hey, maybe Mason Rudolph can too. So, but we'll see.
1: Next game is Sunday Football Massacre. New Orleans 38, Tampa Bay 3. It seems like the Antonio Brown effect already with <laughs> Tampa Bay. They played overall awful, awful, awful. New Orleans just brought the pressure. Brady looked terrible. I think he finished with zero points or even negative points. I don't even know. Drew Brees threw four touchdowns. Overall, great game for him. I think four touchdowns in the first half, actually, or three, I forgot. Alvin Kamara did a little much on the ground. That's a little. I mean, Tampa Bay's defense has always been. Front seven's always been good. All of them. Um, Michael Thomas just came back. His first game back. Again, Billy said better days are ahead. He's going to get back into his role as that slant boy that Reed loves to refer him, too, and get you a lot of fantasy points every week. But believe it or not. Mike Evans has officially sizzled out of this Tampa Bay offense. With the addition of Antonio Brown, um, yeah.
0: I was actually able to trade him right before Antonio Brown did sign with Tampa, so that was a huge trade by me. But, yeah, Mike Evans, he barely gets looked at anymore, which is a shame because Mike Evans is a really talented receiver. The guy is – extremely athletic he's up there with like dk metcalf of some of the most athletic receivers in the league but uh arians just does not like him in this scheme at all so it seems like chris godwin and antonio brown are just going to get more attention we know that antonio brown is going to get involved in that offense they brought him in for a reason at the end of the day it's still antonio brown and you have to remember they also have gronk who i who didn't really do much it's it's hard to Scotty judge what's Miller. gonna go forward. Scotty Miller, Cameron Bray. It's hard to judge uh to go forward because that time offense just played terrible against New Orleans. They looked like uh, pretenders in that game for sure. People were talking about them being an easy NFC Super Bowl favorite. Not after last night. They got destroyed by the Saints. Uh but Mike Evans, yeah. It's definitely time to panic.
1: Yeah, so Billy said it perfectly, they play like pretenders. The dude got a get-right matchup versus Carolina. And also, crazy stat, Marshawn Lattimore when covering Mike Evans. Past three games, two risk targets, zero yards. Marshawn Lattimore owns Mike Evans. And the Monday Night Football game, it was actually a better overall game than a lot of people imagine. New England 30, Jets 27. Jets must really want Lawrence. They are really good at tanking. But overall, Joe Flacco naturally didn't play a bad game. Jameson Crowder and Brashard Perryman both found the end zone. So if you both somehow started them, that's good for you. Jacoby Myers, 28.9 fantasy points, 12 receptions, 169 yards. He, If you don't have a fantasy, if he's on your waiver still, grab him. He's, he's going to be, the, I think, New England's possession receiver. The rest of the season of Julian Edelman continues in his time. He played really well. He really meshed into this offense. I think there's this, this definitely really some good matchups coming up. Cam Newton, I don't know. New England overall is a tough matchup versus Baltimore Sunday night this week. But we'll touch on that Saturday. Damian Harris went down late, which is unfortunate because I, Sonny Michelle might be back next week. So believe it or not, can you trust anybody on this New England offense? Especially backfield.
0: Yeah, the backfield I'm never going to trust. Damian Harris uh, was a pretty popular waiver wire pickup because he did pretty good uh, in the uh, previous week. But I, I you never know with this New England backfield. It's literally a different guy every single week. And Jacoby Myers looks pretty promising. But then again, you have to remember, this is the defense of the New York Jets. And it's the Jets at the end of the day. Anybody can do good against the Jets. And I don't think that Jets fans will be offended by that because they know it's true. Uh, but going forward, Jacoby Myers, if he continues to be good, you could pick him up now just in case. Uh, but I still, I still just wouldn't really trust anybody in this doing an offense. It's it, it, they just played a really weak Jets D, and you forgot to mention Brashad, uh, Brashad Perryman had two touchdowns two, as well. I'm pretty sure he had two. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, I think he had two. If Joe Flacco stays in he was looking to Perryman more than Jamison Crowder, who Darnold seems to like Crowder more. So if you can pick up uh, Rashad Perryman, that might be a good pickup. He may replace uh, Jamison Crowder down the road. But these two teams, I wouldn't really trust many, if any, um, in really hard matchups.
1: Yeah, and it depends if Sam Darnold time, what Joe Flacco's chemistry of Rashad Perryman is but time will tell with the Jets' offense. But it seemed like Trevor Lawrence will be wearing number 16 in green next season. And that was all for Tuesday Aftermath. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll be right back at your Saturday with Week 10 action. Have a good day.